G'day punters and welcome to the Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, January 27. It's a long weekend around the country uh, with Australia Day, of course, on the Friday, which means that there is a, a massive amount of feature racing for us to get through. I'm joined, as usual, by Joel Marshall and Carl Diorio. Well, Joel, we start on Friday and... Australia Day in racing means the Blue Diamond previews. And uh, I was just thinking that the way the previews go now, it certainly reflects the way training has changed recently. Back in the old days, very often horses used to win a preview, win a prelude, and then win the the Blue Diamond Stakes. So the Blue Diamond Stakes winners certainly often run in both. And that sort of miracles of life did that. In 2013, and since then, there's only been one Blue Diamond Stakes winner who's even run in either of the previews, and that was Domier in 2022. And the other interesting thing is that uh, whereas previously a winner of the Blue Diamond preview would normally have raced in the spring or summer, uh, not so much these days, and virtually the whole fields on Friday are first starters. Yeah, it's interesting, Bucks. As you mentioned, how things have changed in recent times. I guess the longer you wait, the longer uh, the longer you can your dreams stay alive for the Blue Diamond. If you unravel a horse on uh, on Friday and they go bust, well, um, yeah, you, you, your hopes are dashed. But and I think yeah, it's been proven you know in the past that horses can just win the Blue Diamond. You know, at their second start, if they can you know be held back and and win either a race like the Reduced Choice or the Blue Diamond Prelude, and then just go bang straight into it. So. Yeah, things have changed, but interesting on Saturday. Good to see a, a bit of a Sydney flavour towards both of the previews. We've got Annabelle Nation with a runner in both and the Snowden camp with uh, a couple of fancies in the Colts and Geldings division, which adds uh, some strength to them. Uh, kicking on to Saturday, there's black type in uh, all the mainland cities. Uh, and in fact, there's, there's black type in Launceston on Friday as well. Um, but... Uh, Carl, the Australia Stakes, I guess, is, is the main one. Uh, it's the Group 2. Uh, eight of the last 14 years, it's been won by a past and or future Group 1 winner. And you'd say there's a few candidates in Saturday's field. Yeah, there's a few dual acceptors as well, Bark. So the composition of the field is going to be crucial in determining what sort of level of opposition V8 will meet. He's got three three-year-old rivals down below him in Southport Tycoon, Centrifying Brave Mead down to run in the Manfred. And depending on whether that trio take their place, uh, he might even start shorter from his current even money quote. But uh, an interesting interesting sort of starting point for those three-year-old sprinters. The older brigade are certainly more exposed and you'd say wouldn't be on their way to Group 1 glory. Uh, but V8 was on the verge of it last campaign, and this might be the platform on Guinea's glory in a couple of months' time. All righty. Uh, well, we'll start at Caulfield on Friday, take you through the black type there. Carl and Joel have both done the form, and we will start with the first of those Blue Diamond previews. This is the uh, Phillies version, and uh, I won't mention my usual bugbear that uh, for some reason this is a Group 3 and the Colts is a listed race, but uh, it is a Group 3. And uh, prize money's the, pretty much the same, though. In fact, exactly the same. So, race three. Uh, sports bet, Blue Diamond preview for Phillies, 1,000 metres. Joel, what do you fancy? Yeah, I thought there was a little bit of value if you played around the current favourite, which is number one, Haya Sugi. I've uh, left her out of my four. 
Um, so I'm with number five, Matisse from the Friedman Yard. I quite liked her jump out when at Caulfield, sat wide, kept finding under light riding to, to go, I thought, well enough to perform pretty well on debut. And in for second, I thought number eight, to be or not to be, performed pretty well in, all, in one of those Caulfield jump outs. Had also gone well in a local Cranbourne hit out as well. Uh, the Annabelle Nation visitor, Ballot Corazon, number two, certainly done enough in her trials to suggest she can be competitive. And seven, she hung the moon, uh, had in for fourth, daughter of I Am Invincible, again, from the Friedman camp. But working around my top three, five, eight and two, and then next best seven. Yeah, Bella uh, Corazon on top for me. Um, they had the option of staying in Sydney, but they'll try and chase the black type here. They've drawn favourably in barrier four. Was given a good hit out most recently in that latest trial victory at Rose Hill. I do have a bit of time for the horse uh, that she beat in that heat, a golfing runner that will run in the opening race at uh, Sydney on Saturday. So just putting faith in those form lines. Bella Corazon on top from Matisse and She Hung the Moon. They, to my eye, look the pick of the Friedman runners. And then for fourth, number eight, to be or not to be. I've gone seven, uh, two, five, seven and eight. Uh, race four at... Caulfield on Friday, Sportsbet Blue Diamond preview for Colts and Geldings. Same conditions, but uh, listed race for some reason. And uh, there's 10 acceptors. Only one has raced before. That's Blue Stratum, who would uh, anger the former Winning Post employee, BJ Ryan, because uh, being by Blue Point out of a Stratum, he would say, you know, oh, Blue Stratum, what a ridiculously uh, unimaginative name. But uh, I think it's... Quite amusing because uh, you blokes won't remember, but back in the eighties, there was a uh, there was a cheap cologne called Blue Stratos, which uh, was particularly popular. I'm sure that that is what the uh, whoever named this colt had in mind. But that is a complete waste of the listeners' time. Joel, what about uh, what's going to win? Oh well, I'm confident. I think High Octane will be winning. Um, I am with the market this time. Uh, he's looked good in all of his trial work up in Sydney. The latest sitting off speed, rounding them up under. Uh, in good style for Mark Zara, who'd gone up there to ride a few of uh, the Snowden runners, and he's on board high octane here. I think he'll be very hard to beat. I've got another visitor in for second, number six, Inner Visions, who's done all his work up north. His trials have been good. Uh, very well-bred and well-bred to get up and go early by I'm Invincible out of a sister to away game. Three, Espinot. I've got him for third. I thought he was probably over the odds in the early market. His jump-out work's been quite good. Another one from a very good family related to Shoals and uh, plenty of other good performers. And in for fourth, the Godolphin runner, number eight, Lima Huli. I've gone with Espino on top. I think he'll be better over further, but I am encouraged by the fact that a lot of pace on paper in this race or perceived pace, it's always hard to determine first starters um, what they're going to do on race day. But Blue Stratham drawn barrier nine, he'll fly forward and a few others drawn wide. I expect that to happen. And, I think that might play into the hands of Espino, who's uh, well-related, a half to stablemates, Shoals and Groundswell, and former stablemates at that, and uh, look for him to be getting home strongly from High Octane as well, who Joel's top selection did nothing wrong in his trial victory at Canterbury earlier this month. Blue Stratham in for third. I'll always now think of Lynx African every time I uh, look at him in the form guide now. And for fourth, uh, Inner Versions. Um, I've gone three, four, one and six. Race five at Caulfield on Friday. W.J. Adams stakes 1,000 metre listed handicap job. Well, I've got Sweet Ride on top. I also got him on top at the Valley in the Australia Stakes. Not sure where he's headed, but 
He was a bit plain first up at Caulfield, sort of settling off speed and wide and really in a good spot. The query is that's his second sort of just fair run at Caulfield. He was a little bit better in his first run. But he, after that plain run at Caulfield last time in, he was able to bounce out of that improve and win at Mooney Valley. So perhaps better suited at Mooney Valley uh, on the Saturday. But I, I think if we can get the eight starters here and get each way, that's the way I'll be playing the race. Katsun for second, number two. Impressive win first up. Looks to have gone to the next level. In for third, number five, Q-Man from the uh, South Australian stables of the Oxlades. And in for fourth, I've got number one, the speedy Najim Sahail, 4-2-5-1. Yeah, Katsu on top for me, five-time winner over the distance. Excellent first up victory in the Kensington Stokes. Goes up in weight, but drawn barrier one. Will be prominent throughout and awfully hard to beat. Got uh, him ahead of number six, Vivia, who, uh, to my eye, a little bit surprised that she's opened up favourite. I did expect a slightly better price, but um, punters or bookies obviously keeping her safe, not um, fearful of the drop back to 1,000 metres. She was very impressive at Geelong over 1,200. Third, I'm putting in number one, Najim Sahel, and for fourth, number four, Sweet Ride, two, six, one, and four. And race six at Caulfield on Friday, the race referred to before with a few of these... um, these Australia Stakes three-year-olds, Tile Importer Manfred Stakes, 1,200 metres for three-year-olds. Set weights and penalties are Group 3, Joel. Yeah, a bit to play out on, in terms of who's here with the Mar Eustace uh, trio and also Wolfie with uh, not having a rider. So in any case, I'm with uh, number four, Carbonados, the former Kiwi. I thought he was very good first up at Geelong. Uh, he was a bit easy in betting, but still... Um, you know, short enough to suggest he'd go well, and he did. I oh, just like the way he set outside the lead and wore down the leader and, and was strong late. So the extra 100 metres is only going to benefit him. In for second, number two, Stepati. Uh, did a pretty good job in the spring, winning two in a row and then finishing third in the Caulfield Guineas. In for third, uh, number one, King Colorado. He's going to get better as he gets over further. And I've got number five, Centify, in for fourth. Four, two, one and five. Same trifecta for me, same reasons about Carbonados. He was easy in betting. He looked like he'd need the run in the yard, according to all the experts. And he uh, sat outside a very strong pace. Um, the overall time was half a second quicker than Ray Magnario won the following race. And the last was a second slower. Um, so it was really a, a testing uh, scenario for Carbonados. And he was strong through the line. And he, he looks like he'll... You know, it handled 1200 and further with no problem. So, got him on top from Stepati, King Colorado, and Brave Mead in for fourth. I think his uh, recent jump out was excellent. He'll win a good race this campaign, but uh, he finds a hot race first up. I've gone four, two, one, and three. Uh, and uh, Wolfie does now have Jamie Carr on, Joel. Uh, I assume he's going there, although uh, he's known for Sandown next Wednesday, but. Um, uh, yeah, you'd think he's, uh, I guess he's, I don't know why the uh, jockey declaration was so late. Race seven, Evergreen Turf, John Dillon Stakes, 1,400 metres, a listed quality. Joel? Yeah, I've gone with the Ma Eustace pair as my Quinella. Um, I've got unusual con- culture on top. She's probably got the fitness advantage. She was very good second up at Caulfield uh, in the Heffernan. Month off into the Chester Manifold. Never really got into a, a decent position, sort of back and and you know chasing a long way out. So I think forgive that. She drops in weight, 
and just on a, on a previous run, she's going to be very hard to beat. Just the level of improvement that's in Yonce, um, probably the only thing that made me not make Unusual Culture my best bet because she's very talented. Obviously, she was off the scene for a long time. She would have taken good benefit out of that first up run over the 1,100. Straight to 1,400 second up. It's going to suit. She's going to get better with another run. But if she's anywhere near her best, I wouldn't be shocked if she upset the stable mate. In for third, number two, Buffalo River. And for fourth, number one, Eton. Same trifecta in order again. Unusual culture. Runner up over this tracking distance and Kevin Heffernan. The last up run, as Joel said, got back into a bad spot. The, the sectionals from the uh, 800s to the 200, I think she ran 33.3 or 33.2 by memory, and then just blew out the last 200 with a 12.5. So if she's able to land in a, in a better spot here in the smaller field, she, she can um, sustain quite a nice gallop and uh, I think is definitely uh, capable of big improvement. And about 650 is a great each-way bet. Hopefully there's no scratchings from Yonsei, who has gone back to the troll uh, jump-outs since the first up run and, and definitely will be improving this weekend. Buffalo River, he'll roll along in the lead. He'll, be, he'll take plenty of catching. And not an option, the last start winner of the Chester Manifold for fourth. I've gone uh, five, six, two and three. All righty, that wraps up the black type at Caulfield. And we have heard about Joel's specials. Race four, number four, high octane, his best. Race five, number four, sweet ride, his value bet. We just heard Carl's best. That's race seven, number five, unusual culture. Carl, tell us about your value bet, which comes up in the last. Race eight, number 10, Paperboy, very keen. He won this race two years ago uh, with um, uh, you know, quite an impressive style and um, – then he won another race over the Caulfield 1400 in April 20, uh, 2022. He's been winless his last nine starts. He's been unplaced in each of those occasions. But he comes back in grade. He has had a couple of months between runs. I think this is a real set play with Mark Zara getting back aboard from Barrier 5. Zara's had one ride on him for the one win. Uh, just very, very wary. And he strikes a very winnable race. Half the field are, you could brand as non-winners or horses that you know, have been out of the winner's circle for such a long time as well. And if there's any trickle of money for Paperboy, uh, just just maybe double your bet. And I just see also early fixed odds, he's been $12 into 10 So, uh, yeah, I think he's a great way of getting out in the last race. There's also Black Type at Warwick Farm on on Friday, I should say, the Australia Day public holiday, and that is the Australia Day Cup, uh, which is... The English Australia Day Cup, in fact, it is uh, a handicap over 2,400 metres and a listed event. And Joel is a fairly warm favourite going around there. Yeah, well, Naval College, um, he's looked very smart for some time and he was a strong winner second up and then well supported with the lightweight to win the January Cup last start. Um, a lot of people thought he'd win and he, he did win. He won well. It looked impressive, but then you saw the time and well, he broke octagonal's track record. So... Uh, yeah, clearly he's gone to the next level. He's up five and a half kilos here, so quickly up in the weights. But barrier five, James McDonald, and just looks to have so much more upside than a lot of these that have met their mark. So uh, clearly on top of 13 California grass, just like to see this mare draw a decent gate. Hence, she wouldn't have to get so far back. But barrier 10, again, she's going to be back. She's going to be chasing. But I think she's got a bit of staying ability. So I uh, thought she was one to include in the exotics, as was number six, Otty Ra who's been ticking along. He comes through the January Cup, uh, draws better and up to 2,400, gives him a chance to be more competitive. 
and I've got Torrens in for fourth. He's hard to catch, but 2,400 uh, is his go. And yeah, his recent form has been actually pretty consistent. So two on top for me, but working with numbers 13, 6 and 3 for the multiples. Um, yeah, look, uh, the other black type race on Friday is at Launceston uh, at night. Uh, it is race six, the Kevin Sharkey Launceston Guineas over 2,100 metres. Uh, set weights and penalties, uh, I'm fairly keen on the – it's only seven in it. It's not the greatest listed race that's ever been run, and I'm fairly keen on Bold Soul for Patrick Payne and Jake Noonan coming off – a win over 2,000 metres at Flemington in a benchmark 70 for three-year-olds. The third horse out of that, Macy Moon for the McAvoys. And Madison Lloyd is also in this race. Um, but, and, and does in fact have a two and a half uh, kilo uh, turnaround. So I guess Macy Moon would be one of the dangers. The other one would be Motor Race for uh, the very capable Ben Brisbane in Wangaratta with. Uh, Craig Newitt to ride, um, has been winning, has, hasn't raced for two months, uh, comes off a trial, comes off a, a very easy trial when at Tatura over 14.50. So I think they're the two dangers, but I'm with the toppy here. Race seven, number one, Bold Soul from number two, Motor Race, and five, Macy Moon. We will head across to Saturday. And we are at the Valley. There's a 10-race car. There's 10 race cars, in fact, all over the shop on Saturday in Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide and Queensland. Uh, but the big race at the Valley is the Group 2, and we have to wait till, wait till race 9 at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And that is the Sharp EIT Solutions Australia Stakes, 1,200-metre uh, Group 2 Wait for Age Um as I mentioned, does is is often won by a Group One winner or produces a future Group One winner. It's probably going to be a fairly warm favourite here in V8, perhaps even warmer if uh, some of those others drop out. But how did you read it overall, Joel? Yeah, well, very short V8, and as you said, likely to get shorter. Um, as I touched on earlier, I thought Sweet Ride would be a sharp improver wherever they went. Uh, yet to win at twelve hundred, it's a bit tricky. I thought Mooney Valley would probably suit better than Caulfield, but not necessarily convinced 1,200 would suit better than the Caulfield distance. So a uh, bit up in the air where, where I'd be more confident with him, but he's got a good Valley record. As I said, he was able to improve and, and with a, a decent benchmark 100 there last prep. So I thought he could improve off the first up run and, and run you a cheeky race, I would say, each way, but it just depends on how many scratchings there are. Uh, number three recommendation, fit, inform, tricky gate, but has the early speed to offset that. And I just thought with... Runs under the belt, he'd be hard to beat. V8, certainly going to be hard to beat. I've got him, yeah, in the mix and he can win, but just thought there was a little bit of value around him. And in for fourth, uh, at this stage, I had number two, Curran. Uh, we know he'll get back and he'll be hitting the line. Yeah, so V8 on top for me, I think he'll be hard to beat. Um, irrespective, I suppose, of... It just depends, you know, which three-year-olds line up and, and, and makes his uh, assignment harder, but I think he'll be uh, awfully hard to beat. Uh, Brave Mead's the uh, the danger. I really loved his jump out heading into this. Uh, Zethius in for third. First run for Stephen Brown, ex-Godolphin runner. Uh, is a capable first-up performer drawn favourably. And then for fourth, number two, Curran, who will get back from the outside barrier and be running on. I've gone eight, nine, seven, two. 
Uh, I went for V8 as well from recommendation Zethus and Brave Mead, 837 and 9. Um, I, in fact, made um, V8 my best, but uh, as, as did Carl, I guess uh, the question is uh, how good a bet that is going to be depending on um, who else is there and therefore what price V8 ends up at. My value bet comes up much earlier in the card. Race two, number 10, Princess Nefertiti. Uh, been going well. Doesn't, uh, doesn't very, very rarely runs a bad race. Uh, being in the placings, 10 of 14. Makes a good each way bet, I think, uh, at the Valley on Saturday. Goes all right at the Valley as well. And uh, the same trainer that I mentioned before, Ben Brisbane from Wangaratta. Um, so, Carl. Your V8's your best at this stage. Tell us about your uh, – we've also heard, by the way, Joel's value bet, which is sweet right up against V8. So, Joel, uh, Carl, tell us about your value bet, which is in the last, and then we'll hear about Joel's best. Yeah, race 10, number two, Ballinger. Um, two starts ago, was runner-up to Validated in South Australia in a good sprint race, was narrowly beaten on that occasion, and last time caught the eye of Geelong at their uh, standalone Saturday meetings, fifth behind Ray Magnario. Again, got back to last from the outside barrier, hit the line strongly. They ran decent overall time, even though it wasn't as quick as Carbonavis's win. It was still respectable time. Barrier two won't get as far back, hopefully, in this field. And I just feel that Peril is a little bit under the odds and that Ballinger's probably the most likely horse to knock him off, uh, if indeed um, there, there is a horse to do so in that last race. Yeah, I'm sticking with Kind Gesture as my best. A bit of a hard watch as my best a fortnight ago at Flemington where she was sort of just tracking into it and then knocked over badly on the turn by the eventual winner who lost the race on protest. Unfortunately, Kind Gesture couldn't get second on the line, so had to settle for second. Uh, drops from a 78 to a 70, and she was, I think, six weeks between runs for that run. So she's fitter, she's down in grade. 61 and a half, not easy, but I think she deserves a win, and she should be getting it here. Uh, you got my value bet, Sweet Rider. My roughie of uh, the day was in the last. Uh, race 10, number three, Bianco Volano. Also got a bit of time for. Um, ignore the last run. I don't think he's a miler, even though he gave pretty good chase in the Wodonga Cup prior to that. I think these shorter distances suit him better. Uh, he ran pretty well in the country championship uh, last year. Uh, so he's got a bit of class and he went up 40 well. He might be in the around 30s now, but still a, a good each way player, I would have thought, in the last. All righty. The black type race at Randwick on Saturday is an hour earlier than that. It's at 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It is race seven. TAB Carrington Stakes. Listed 1,400-metre quality, Joel. Yeah, pretty wide-open race. I think you can, you can make a case for several of them. Uh, I am making a pretty decent case for Zoo Tiger. He's only won one out of 12, but we know he's classy. Group one placed in the round with guineas. Had excuses first up, a few issues there. But he backed up pretty quickly 12 days after that and bounced back to form. Looked the winner and then nailed late by Rubamos, who just kept coming right to the line. Uh, Zoo Tiger drops from 57 to 54 and a half, drawn pretty well. Third up, shouldn't lack uh, for fitness now, and I think he gets his chance to win. I've got Rubamos again in for second. That was a good win first up. I think these shorter distances suit him better. They tried him out to the mile last prep, and he just battled at sale. He's got a tricky gate to overcome, but I thought he was well over the odds and forgotten by the market here. 
One Tamerlane can make his own luck from a wide gate if running. Uh, he likes to go forward and, uh, you know, not too worried about the gate. Obviously, giving some weight away to some handy horses would be the question mark for me. And six Waihaha Falls benefited from a strong tempo and ran on really well to win last start. A little bit of give in the track there. Not sure if he's going to get that on Saturday. That's a, a slight query because any given the track's a big bonus for him. Uh, but I thought Zoo Tiger was the one to beat. Eight, seven, one, and six. Yeah, I've gone with Waihaha Falls uh, on top. Uh, it was that good last start victory over our Redont. Came from the back of the field. Early tempo suited and finished home over the top. Um, just the form prior as well, behind recommendation, Carpo Strada, decent efforts. And, uh, you know, the way he ran out the 1400 last time gives the indication down in the weights he can figure. Uh, I've gone uh, Wahaha Falls from Zoo Tiger, the stable mate. 1400 in my mind is his best distance. He does take a bit of time to wind up, but he'll be strong late. Tamerlane in third, had a fantastic run in transit when winning last time at Doombin. Has the job ahead from the outside barrier here. And Ruby Moss in for fourth. I've gone six, eight, one and seven. Joel's specials come up earlier in the program. Carl's later. We'll start with you, Joel. All right, my value bet was in race five, number five, Castilian. Um, surprised he's around the $5 mark. He, I think, shortened in from six last I saw. Uh, perhaps expecting a little bit better than that, but he's been ticking over pretty well. Ex-Patrick uh, Payne horse now with Joe Pride. 1,100 was too short first up, but he really caught the eye late there behind Boston Rocks. Uh, next time out was back and wide and, and didn't have a lot go right, but he was pretty solid over the 1,250. And then last time out to the 1,400, uh, they went pretty slow and he was caught three wide. He ended up um, sort of racing keenly and pulling himself up towards the front. Uh, gave a bit of a kick, but it was just a bit of a sitting shot late. So barrier three, fourth up, uh, just looks ready to, to win, I would have thought. He has one out to 1,500. This is 16. I don't think it'll be a problem. And my best, uh, race six, number three, man behind the money. I was not quick enough to get the $9 that had opened. I'm not sure how long it lasted, but... Uh, he's um, less than half that now. He said two runs back from a spell. Nothing went right first up. Went to Eagle Farm, battled on really well for third. He's won twice third up in the past. He's had a, a little bit of a gap between runs, but a nice little tick over trial uh, where he was never going to lose last week. And Tommy Berry hops on third up. Just plenty in his favour, I think, to be winning on Saturday. Best bet of the day for me is race nine, number 13, in Infatuation. This horse uh, was runner-up twice this campaign behind the informed Boston Rocks and then the uh, promising Royal Tribute in the Gosford Guineas. Last time finished sixth in the Magic Millions Guineas behind the Bouncing. Uh, got a long way further back than normal and uh, she then ran home strongly into sixth. Uh, stays at the 1,400 metres. I'm curious as anyone uh, how she will be ridden, but irrespectively, I think she'll be awfully competitive. Uh, that last start run at Gold Coast, they ran a quick time to the 1,400, breaking 122 um, quite easily, and uh, her finishing sectionals were very good. So another quiet ride from the wide gate won't hinder her prospects in the weekend. Value bet comes up in the last race, race 10 and 5, Rupertar. I picked her both times this campaign, where she's finished third and fifth, respectively. The last uh, effort came at the Gold Coast in that uh, Magic Minions Syndicate race, uh, again, coming home strongly in a race they ran quick, quick time. So uh, this represents a dropping grade. We'll get back from the wide gate. Need to touch a luck. Query in some respects over the 1,200 metres, but I think that's offset by her quality.
Across to Morfordville in Adelaide, where they're racing on the course proper on Saturday. Big 10 race card. Black type race is race nine. Durbridge Stakes listed standard weight for age, 1,100 metres. Carl? H2O, number 10 on top for me, but uh, just very, very tricky um, race. I mean, first up last campaign was runner-up over this tracking distance, almost leading throughout on that occasion. And from barrier two, should give a great sight. I've got her ahead of number four, Manhattan Time. Uh, actually, I'm just looking at the uh, the wrong section there. Uh, for second, I have Starlight Valley, who was uh, luckless two starts ago and then, um, uh, you know, was a bit slow away from the wide gate. And then last time didn't get much luck either at Geelong in that good form race behind Vivea. Uh, so back to South Australia might be an improver. Vela David in for third, and then Larimer Street in for fourth. That's 10, 11, 5, and 2. My best bet comes up in the last. It's Myrtle Creek, race 10, number 7. Runner-up at her past two starts. Uh, ran on strongly in a slowly run race last time. There was only six runners in that race and was disadvantaged by the tempo and uh, was good through the line. So that's my best bet. And my value bet is Miss Subtly. Race eight, number 11, formerly trained by Philip Stokes in Victoria. Um, now comes, uh, formerly trained, sorry, by Graham Begg in Victoria. Now joins Philip Stokes, who transfers her to the stable at Morphville. Um, she did show a bit of promise in a Victorian stint. Bit hot and hit and miss, hot and cold at times. Um, but certainly her best is good enough uh, to be challenging in this field. And uh you know, down in the weights, draws wide, should get a bit of time to get over from the wide gate from that 1,050-metre start point at Morphville and definitely worth an each-way bet. Joel, your thoughts on the Morphville meeting? Yeah, well, to the Durbridge, uh, I had number five validated on top. I was in good form in South Australia, and then they gave him a, a chance across the, the border in the Chester Manifold, ran on really well off that strong speed. To finish fourth, 1,400 back to 1,100, is always a bit of a task, but I think the shorter trips do suit him and a bit of pace engaged here. So he'll be really strong late. Just sort of obviously watch early on if they're running on, then it's going to be a, a help for him. 10 H2O, agree with Carl. I think she'll be on speed here and be hard to catch. Six, Shaquero in for third, might be an improver. Second run for the Richard and Chantel Jolly Yard. Drew seven, worked a little bit first up. Barrier one can be smothered away here. And one, Sava to excel. Uh, we know if he's best. Uh, he's going to be very hard to beat. Obviously, he's coming off a couple of below-par runs over in the West. But if you overlook those, um, yeah, I think he's a must for, for all exotics. My best and value come up earlier. My best is race six, and it's number nine, shooting for stars. Reckon this mare's bursting to win. She's on the backup from Gawler last week where she chased home. She graceful. I like that form line. She dropped some 58 to 52, having uh, with the Clark and the O'Shea yard utilising the claim of Maggie Collett. So I think she's very well placed to win. And my value bet, race four, number seven, Punchin. Uh, this horse won a benchmark 72 runs back as a rate of 57 out of the handicap. It was a good effort from a wide gate. Pressed forward and, and ran the 1,800 out strongly. Had a bit of a freshen, uh, oh, sorry, not, not a freshen really. It was only sort of a, a couple of weeks, but they dropped, dropped him back to 1,200 at Gawler. And that just really wasn't his go. He was off the speed, held his ground okay. But now he gets back up in trip to 1,500, expecting a better performance from him at each way odds. 
Queensland Metro Racing on Saturday is at the Sunshine Coast. There is a uh, another Big Ten race card and Black Type Races Race 8, and that is the Coastline BMW Sunshine Coast Cup listed quality over 1,400 metres, Carl. Kinlock on top for me, an impressive first up winner. Last time over 1,200 metres at Randwick. It was an unexpected victory coming from last from the outside barrier. This is a week of contest in, in some respects, even though it is a, um, a, a stakes race and he, he did contest the benchmark 88 in Sydney. But I think this race uh, it doesn't have a great deal of depth outside the top five or so uh, in, in the uh, tab uh, saddle cloth order. I think Kinlock will be hard to beat from barrier four. From five, Chatty Lady and six, SO1. Uh, these mares, five-year-old mares, have similar sort of form lines. They quinelled the just now two start to go. They should be thereabouts from their middle draws. And then for fourth, I put in number one, Master Jamie, who was placed last time in the King of the Mountain at Toowoomba. So that's three, five, six, and one. Uh, Joel, did you look at that Sunshine Coast cut? Uh, no, nothing for me there, but. All right, so uh, on to your specials, Carl. Absolutely. Best bet is Elcione, race seven, number two. This is a horse that used to be uh, in the Godolphin Blue, uh, recently transferred across to Kelly Schweder. First up was safely held from the outside, uh, a wide gate, I should say, behind Tamerlane. Last time, and that was last Saturday, was behind Substantial. Uh, slowly run race, got back in the field, hit the line strongly behind the well-fancied Quinella. Out now to the 1,800 metres, which is probably his pet distance, 18 to 2,000 metres. And uh, this is, uh, again, if he recaptures some of his old form and, and his latest performance indicates that, he's uh, well on track to winning this event. And my value selections in the last race, race 10, number 10, Mashani Missile, a horse that has won all three of his uh, races at the Sunshine Coast between the mile to 1,800 he is uh, second up over 1,400, so he could argue that he's short of his best distance, but there is a bit of rain forecast, and uh, he, he probably won't get as far back uh, from the barrier as, uh, as, he, as he would maybe over a, a shorter distance. Uh, I, I just felt his last start performance was very good over the 1,200, and he is well-placed in a benchmark 68, considering the company he has been racing against of late. He was runner-up to Art's object. Four starts ago, an arts object came out and won that race at the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago, the Wave. So that's race 10, number 10, the value bet. All righty. Ascot, once again, the venue for Perth racing on Saturday. The listed race over there is race eight, Scenic Blast Stakes. That's a handicap over 1,200 metres. And by Perth feature standards, uh, fairly wide open affair. We've got a mark $5 the field. Our Perth man, Greg Hooper, likes... Number three, my Bella May, fresh for Dion Luciani to beat Man Crush, Gemma's son, and Rockinori, three, four, eight, and 11. Hoops is best on the card is race five, number 10, Autumn Rebel, and his value bet, race three, number 14, Wonder Weapon. Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman, it is a massive day with. Uh, Racing in the three main cities, but all eyes on Ellerslie for the Caraca Minions program. Yeah, indeed, Barks. Uh, big uh, program at Ellerslie. We had the return there after their hiatus uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and from all reports, things went quite well. And yeah, they're expecting, I think, over 12,000 on track. And, and plenty of a, a Aussie flavour 
with uh, Blake Shin, Mark Zara, uh, James McDonald and Robbie Dolan all headed over there to ride uh, with some pretty strong books. So, yeah, it's a strong program. Uh, my best comes up in the three-year-old uh, in the final event, race six, number 12, Orchestral, with J-Mac to ride. Uh, some good horses in this, but the market's sort of singled out her and the other filly, Molly Bloom, two very good fillies. I think Orchestral is uh, right up to the Group 1 winner, Molly Bloom. Uh, she was very good winning last start. Barrier 1, uh, she probably gets buried away a little bit, but if she gets the breaks, I think, uh, yeah, we'll see a very special performance from her on uh, Saturday night. My value bet I've made in the two-year-old. I would have liked a better barrier, uh, but race four, number eight, full force. Two starts, two seconds, uh, just edged out on debut, and then next time out again, bloused right on the line by Cool and Fast, uh, who is uh, the Tiakao runner that Opie Boson rides this week. Uh, full force, he's just sort of looks to have floated both of those runs down the straight, and uh, he blinkers on. I just reckon there's a bit more to give for him. So if he can get a little bit of luck early, I uh, thought he'd run you a good race each way. And obviously, uh, the other feature race to worth, uh, well worth tuning into is the the newly formed Aotearoa Classic for the four-year-olds, where we see Legato, uh, New Zealand TAB, making the announcement last night that they've already paid out on all bets on her. Uh, that's how, um, I guess, confident they are of her winning. She's a dollar forty, So uh, it'd be good to see her put another top performance. Uh on her CV there on Saturday, Holy Man's runs for the Ma Eustace team there uh, to um, uh, to add to the Australian flavour. And, of course, uh, the Toowoomba trained Bo Dazzler runs in the two-year-old race for Tony. And Madison Sears moving over to Rickerton earlier in the day. My best is Bello Mio, race nine, number three. Been out of the placings all four runs this prep, but some of those runs haven't been too bad. They've all been on the North Island. Uh, the Walker Burgesson stable send her south, she's drawn a wide gate, but she strikes a very winnable affair. And I think she just has to hold that sort of form. I don't think she has to improve much to be winning. And my value bet's in the listed race. Race eight, number nine, Miss Layla. Improved into the placings last time out. I thought it was a good effort down on the minimum. Uh, she's a filly that's always showed good talent and just has a bit of upside as opposed to some of her older rivals here. And at Trentham, waiting till later in the day, my best is Bozo. Race eight, number nine, three-year-old filly that tackled the 2,000 guineas and the 1,000 guineas in a busy week at Rickerton uh, back in November. First run since the 1,000 guineas, she was a $1.80, didn't beat a runner. So got your fingers burnt if you were with her there, but uh, struck a, quite a firm track. That's certainly what Kevin Myers, the trainer, was using as an excuse anyway. So more give likely in the track at Trentham. Three kilos off, gets in 51 and a half. She can be dangerous with a good turn of foot. If she bounces back to her best, and my value is race seven, number 14, lost cause. Ticking over well. Good run last time out up in trip. Uh, nice tick over trial behind the subsequent Wellington Cup winner last week. And I think uh, she looks ready to win at each way odds. All righty. Well, that wraps up a massive couple of days of racing around Australasia and brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, 
Well, no joy last week. And, uh, yeah, well, I wasn't too far away with Steffi Magnetica. Joel, she's graceful, finally ran and did win. But uh, you just got a bit greedy. Went the all up. Oh, unfortunately, <laughs> three weeks in a row I've been on her twice. Ten for a win and twice uh, didn't run. And then, yeah, went the all up and, oh, mighty Sapphire. Yeah, should have won. It was a horror watch. So, yeah, I think we'll be we'll mark that one down as an unlucky one that got away. All right. What are you? Uh, how are you uh, getting us back this week? Well, I'm going to stick to South Australia. I've been seeing them okay there recently, and uh, yeah, I'm going to go shooting for stars. Race six, number nine. So hopefully that she's graceful form line can come to the fore on Saturday. And I, I will go Caulfield race eight, number ten, Paperboy five each way, and Mooney Valley race ten, number two, Bellinger five each way. So. Just a couple, it's around about 10 to 1. Hopefully one of the two actually uh, does the job. All right, and I am going for a horse at Caulfield, uh, sorry, at uh, the Valley on Saturday. And uh, that is race four, number two, running by. It was also in at Sydney, has been stretched from that, and it looks very, very hard to beat. Uh, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. Uh, if you're listening to us on uh, Thursday Arvo, maybe give your uh, news agent a call to find out uh, w- whether and when they're going to be open on Friday because uh, winning post will be open, uh, will be out. The printed winning post will be out Friday morning as usual. Uh, so you probably should be checking when. Uh, and if your stockist is open, and if not, uh, see if you can find somewhere else. Bit of bad news for readers in North Queensland, and that is that workers at our Townsville print plant were sent home on Thursday in advance of the cyclone, so uh, that paper won't be available uh, till Saturday morning, and if you are uh, in the path of the cyclone, our thoughts are certainly with you. Uh, Otherwise, though, have a great Australia Day weekend. Back plenty of winners and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.